Alrighty, we're back. But yeah, and um Brett, were you speaking of nineties cartooning or did you ever watch that guy Bruce Blitz, the cartoonist from the nineties? Yeah, he um had the show where he would teach um how to draw cartoons and comics and stuff, and you would see him and you would like fall. Yeah, you, yeah I, I don't think I've watched him on TV, but I did have a book of cartooning called The Big Book of Cartooning by Bruce Woods. But yeah, I you were uh, referencing Pappy Land for a second there because he drew on TV for kids. But yeah, he um, I used to watch him quite a lot as a kid, hoping that one day my drawing skills would improve. But unfortunately, they didn't. <laughs> well, not everything worked out the way we wanted to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, and what's it called? I, my drawing skills are probably about the same as Danny's. If we drew self-portraits of ourselves. We would both be called pencil dick. Yeah, it would just be it would just be bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you ever want lessons, I can definitely uh, instruct you over Zoom or something like that. <laughs> but yeah, what's it called? Um, Danny. So you still do um, what's the conventions, right? Like Comic Con type of, or reunion conventions. But yeah, um, and before that, you guys were doing periodic reunion events, right? Salute your shorts reunion yeah, events. Yeah, we, we had some sort of mild, uh, you know, ones that we did from here and there. Um, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm hoping that, that, this, that this next year will, uh, as things are starting to open, open back up, that, that we'll have. Because we had a lot of uh, different sort of... Uh, ideas that have come up we had some like screenings because i know there's a lot of episodes uh that have been um uh, like un not necessarily unseen but you know that you can't get because they don't really give all of them it's only like a certain i don't know how the new paramount stuff if they just give all of them uh but i know that with like uh, i think it was amazon or something they they sold they, it was only like a a, a a handful of episodes that you could get. So we thought about doing some screenings and just like question and answer sort of stuff. And then there was also, uh, we had a, an idea not too long ago with, with somebody that I was talking to, which was uh, maybe like a, even an episode that never aired or something that was written or even something new that we just sat around and did like a table read uh, via Zoom. Well, if they ever... If a Q&A ever comes down here, I think they should have you asking me questions about the show. <laughs> yeah, you can answer. You can answer them. Yeah. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can be like, Dan, what did I do in this episode? What decisions did I make? And I, I'll have was all I, your questions answered. Was I, was I present or was I not? Yeah, exactly. Um, 
I can tell you how much you guys lost the final basketball game by in um, the basketball episode when you took the losing shot. <laughs> That's so funny. The score Did was... I, I took the losing shot? Yeah, because you were being a ball hog and... and oh, said, I was being a ball hog, of course. <laughs> that makes total sense. Yeah, the score was 20 to 19. You guys lost by one point. And yeah, and then uh, all the campers got their photo on the toilet seat um, in the lodge. That was pretty fun to see. Yeah, and then you were forced to give away your candy supply because you bet your candy supply against theirs if you guys won. The, the old, the old uh, candy supply. Yeah, which you weren't allowed to... Yeah, but Nick used to have a lot of things hidden away in, like, his treasure chest he had under his bed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's so funny. I just... I just yesterday, or day before yesterday, I got my second vaccination shot. And one of the funny... The, the funny... I just thought it was because I, I posted a picture on social media, and I got more comments... That mostly it was funny. Most of them came private; they weren't even on the actual post. Of people going, "That's so weird." I would have thought uh, Budnick was an anti-vaxxer. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I just went like, "That's so funny." That people have like they've literally thought so deep into this uh, thing that that they've characterized this guy as an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> like from the nineties to like now, thing. like there's actually people that go like. That's weird. I thought that uh, character would have been an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> yeah, you could be like, yes, Budnick is wow, an anti-vaxxer, but Danny, yeah, on the other hand, is not. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. See, I, I would, I would have, I would have thought, uh, you know, I consider uh, Budnick to be kind of like an old hippie. Like he would have been like all about it, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Well, he yeah. Imagine somebody meeting Heidi Lucas, who played Dina, and having a pleasant interaction with her, and then the guy being like to her, wow, you're nice. I thought you were a materialistic, overprivileged bitch. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think she's like a divorce lawyer now. Yeah, she is, and I, I read about in Arizona. <laughs> But yeah, and, or somebody meeting Venus and being like, wow, you look feminine. Aren't you an athletic tomboy? Dude, she plays kickball. She oh, plays yeah. competitive fucking kickball. True. Let's not get it twisted. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, uh, well, um. And, I'm sorry, not kickball. I'm sorry, dodgeball. Oh, wow. Dodgeball. So uh, yeah, yeah, she does have some of that Telly Radford in her still. <laughs> That sounds pretty fucking badass, oh, actually. Fun. It does sound. It, it sounds like a lot of fun. When I was a kid, I, I had a, a friend that lived in like upstate Connecticut, and uh, and he was a member of a badminton league. And I went like, wow. And it was. I have to say, it was pretty awesome. I went and watched like a game one time when I was up there visiting him, and I was like, dude, this is like competitive badminton. Wow. Yeah, badminton's fun. Yeah, I used to play badminton for fun as a kid back in the 90s. Badminton's fun. I, I always liked it. See, I, I, was, I was like, you, you know, I still have 
like my Oklahoma roots, so I go like competitive badminton. That's retarded. You know? <laughs> I've Nobody never seen that. Badminton, but it was a lot of fun. But yeah, um, so what's it called? People were surprised. I could have, if um, the show was out nowadays during the pandemic, I could see Ugg being like the first one on the show to get COVID. <laughs> oh, for sure. Like in the episode, if it was out now, he would, he would, he would, he would, a poor guy. Yeah, like which episode, Brett? Like, oh yeah, the chick, which one, the chicken pox one? I remember that. Yeah, when Fisky first comes to camp, that's the uh, beginning of season two. Yeah, that and... I'll get quarantined. Yeah. Or uh, at the end of the Budnick and Michael fake being sick episode where he, like a dumbass, jumped into the lake with all his clothes on and came back with, like, severe pneumonia. Yeah. Oh no, that was the one with Mona, the mail carrier oh, woman. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he had one where he uh, he injured his eardrum. Yeah, because he fell in the water in the opening scene. Once he gets the letter from his what was supposed to be his his girlfriend in the episode. She was fantastic. Yeah, and she. Yeah, but but yeah, he um he's so legendary, and what sucks about being so good at a role like that is, and um, I'm sure one thing that made it hard for him to get a lot of roles after that was he became so typecasted because nobody could picture him as anything else because he truly was Ugg. Yeah. But yeah, I think the Michael and Budnick faking sick episode is the one where they got away with making a subtle condom reference. The one where um, Donkey Lips locks himself in a bathroom in that one part and you hear him say, hey, there's a really neat machine in here that sells balloons. But yeah. Not nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, like in Rugrats, they got away with making a reference to the rape scene in Deliverance. <laughs> Wait, what? I don't know. I that. did not know yeah, that. Yeah, and the one where um Angelica meets her older cousin Emmett. Remember her really big cousin, and then her. Uh, yeah, the farm 
Yeah, and then he goes like to her, hey, cousin, wanna wrestle? I bet I can make you squeal like a piggy. Oh, God. No See, that's, a, that's what I meant by at that time. You it's can like, get away it wasn't with only shit. just let's entertain the kids. It's let's entertain the kids and also entertain the parents as they're sitting there and watching them, which is kind of the whole basis of, uh, not that I think it was the intention of like Looney Tunes and the things of that era, but it just so happened to work out. Yeah, but yeah, I remember. So, there's so many references to like a things and all of the like the Bug Bunny cartoons that also kids could watch it as a cartoon and think it's funny, but the the parents would pick up on the humor. But yeah, I remember then many years later when I actually watched the movie Deliverance and that scene came on. I'm like, wait a sec, this isn't what Rugrats was referencing, was it? <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't believe. At one point in time, I think that's the uh, that's the thing of family entertainment is that the kids can watch it, they fun, and the parents can watch it and think it's funny. Nowadays, I yeah. think it's like family stuff is just sort of so lightweight and so not uh, on the edge at all. And it's kind of boring for everybody. Yeah, I mean, as, as a parent, I have a ten-year-old boy, and and there are some things that he puts on that I go like, I can't even deal with this. This is horrible. I can't, I can't, I can't take an hour of this. That's how I feel about music nowadays. Like, um, I grew up a huge fan of rap music, and to me, it's so embarrassing what the genres become. Um, I'll try listening to newer rap on the radio, and I'm like, wow. I now feel the same way my parents did about my rap. There, there is some good rap, but it's not on the radio. You know, um, yeah. yeah. A lot of it is formulaic too. It's the same beat. There's that. There's this thing that's been uh, like uh, holy to me. So my son, my son will. Uh, my car at serious uh radio and 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 i don't even let him listen to like current rap so i have there's an ll cool j station that is just old classic rap that he goes to now i'm like all right you're gonna listen to rap, like, I like good, like, good, shit, good shit it's public enemy yeah it's it's, it's things of that nature and we're good stuff yeah, because I grew up with guys like Tupac, Wu-Tang Clan, DMX, Eminem, and all those Busta Rhymes and them. And nowadays, even their names are like all the same. I hate the whole Lil gimmick. It's like there's like 50 Lils. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he's actually a good one, though. He's more underground. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was sort of an offshoot of, uh, I want to say, like, was it Snoop Dogg? Or, like, the Ice Cube sort of uh, solo Ice Cube thing. Um, it, it could be Snoop Dogg, because I think he's from Long Beach, too, Little Half Dead. It was Little Half Dead. He and the only, and I, I think the most acclaim that he's gotten is a reference on, uh, I think it was Dr. Dre 2000. Lil Half Dead put his dick on her shoulder or something like that. That was, that was, it was on a, it was on a Dr. Dre song where they referenced him. 
I think that was the, the most acclaim that he got. <laughs> and every the main thing I used to love about rap back then, which is completely taken away now, is that back then it used to tell stories about their upbringings or their personal lives in general. Definitely. Yeah, and nowadays they talk about themselves as if they've always been big-name celebrities. Yeah. Yo, I got my hose on this yeah. side. I got my bling-bling and all that crap. I'm just like, it's I don't... Not very, uh, it's not even that. It's not so much about the lyricism no more. It's, I mean, the beats have probably gotten a little better, but, I mean, lyrics... The lyrics have gone downhill. Yeah, the lyrics are embarrassing to listen to now. It's like... It's, it's, it's a long way from uh, Ray Kroger. Yeah, it's... Well, there is... Yeah. There is there, the only people I really listen to nowadays, I gotta, I gotta say they're good. Anybody on Griselda Records, West Side Gun, Conway the Machine, Benny the Butcher, I, I fucks with them. But besides that, I, I you know, I'm 37 years old. I just... I feel lost, you know? Yeah, but yeah, like for example, um, guys like DMX would talk about what it was. Rest in peace to him, by the way. But yeah, um, guys like DMX would talk about what it was like to be a kid in a harsh environment and the kind of things that he used to experience and have to overcome. Eminem largely will talk about the his relationship in the past with his family and the struggles that come with being a big name celebrity but they didn't resort to talking about like the big booty hose and the bling bling <laughs> they would still occasionally it's just there's there's more to it there's more to the uh, art form and it's it's too formulaic Every, everything now is this sounds the same it's 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 been it's played yeah. out. It's played out. Um, come up with something more. It's a very emotional post about the amount. Oh yeah, I know. Um, that was so sad. Well, his whole life, the life he lived. I actually read his biography novel years ago. He lived one of the hardest lives of anyone I've ever read about. He truly went went through hell and back. He, um, his mom made pretty much pictured a worse mother you've ever met, and his mom made her look like an absolute saint. I tell you, I mean, uh, he, he, he made some bangers, that's for sure. Yeah, he was one of my favorites. He, he, because he always stayed real. I don't recall once him talking about the superficial crap. No. No. Um. Well, I feel he had a style. <coughs> there are some people that, that are so out of uh, the the straight and narrow that their their style alone is like you. Know, <coughs> my God, that's original. You know. Um, I really enjoyed uh, Mystical for the for the same reason. Oh yeah, like, I love Mystical. Did not, he did not rhyme or sound like anybody else. He he did. He came out of left field, and you were like, wow, that's amazing. And I also liked how guys like that could take some of the absolute darkest topics and make them poetic. Like, I think I think one thing that made um, Eminem's darkest stuff so great is that 
Eminem um, in his second album, even his angriest songs to an extent were relatable. Like uh, um, the song Kim about his ex-wife. I mean, all of us who've ever been in a really horrible relationship in the past and have an ex we truly hate, um, deep down inside we can all fully relate to that song, but nobody will ever admit it out loud. <laughs> spawned a lot of um, just that sort of uh, angry delivery. Yeah. yeah. That has, has now sort of, it's, it's for me, it's become a, 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 I just don't even want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like it was nice for what it was and that was really cool and that was good for him for that time being, but just don't do it anymore. Yeah, but yeah, that's what I and I think a lot of people love about that song, Kim, is that um, I know people won't admit it out loud because they're afraid people are going to be like, oh no, this guy's a psycho, he he thinks of killing his ex, but I'm like, no, I'm not talking about literally, but metaphorically, hypothetically, we have that kind of like extreme anger towards an ex we really hate. So can, we can fully relate to his anger on that song. I love, this, I love the stuff that is so like, it is the like, you know, my name is and all of that stuff that is so, it's almost um, uh, like tongue in cheek. It's so far out of left field and so fucked up. That's hard to do. Yeah, it's like it's like the Three Stooges. You know what I mean? Like just slapping someone across the face and breaking their nose. It's so like out of left field and random and and just wrong that it's hard to do. I mean, it's easy for someone to go. Let's, let me think of the most horrible thing that I can say right now. But can I say it in a way that's funny? That's painting really, really hard to do. Kind of like what you hear come out of my mouth pretty much every week when we're coming up with new jokes. <laughs> it's really, it's hard to do. Richard Pryor was a genius. Sam Kennison was a genius at doing things like that. That was so on the edge. But at the same time, it, you knew it wasn't on the edge for just being on the edge. There was something yeah. behind it. Yeah. You know, that's really hard to do. It's like, uh, it's, just, it's just really hard to do. But yeah, and that's why I always try to steer clear of touching on easy targets in my stand-up, such as the things that a 12-year-old would find funny. I'm just like, if anybody under 13 would find it funny, I'm not going to use it because then it's too easy of a target. Yeah. Yeah, you got to find your audience to that. <laughs> yeah, like, um... I'll have I try to do a lot of cultural jokes. Um, I have a lot of jokes about South Florida where we live. Um, I I have a lot of religious jokes. I use. Yeah. Hey. I I talk about I make fun of I have a lot of self-deprecating humor, especially when I'm improvising, like. When um, if I if a joke of mine bombs, I'll be like, "Wow, y'all are showing me about the same kind of love my family does." <laughs> it's a good way to get out of a hole. Yeah, that's one thing I've learned over the years how to do. I've gotten pretty good at improvising, ad libbing like that. Yeah, 
have you have ever had to ad lib with your artwork like you made a mistake and then you turned the mistake into something else? Um not usually because when I post my art online it's just kind of there and if I need if there's like a glaring mistake on anything, which there there hardly is, maybe like a couple of small handful of pieces, I like redact them and then repost them with the fixed mistake. Like I remember one time I did an illustration of PP, uh, the short Highway 34, and I drew Ellen's arm holding a popsicle the completely wrong way. Like, it just didn't make sense for her arm to look like the way it did coming out of her left side instead of her right. So, um, that was just a situation where I'm like, oop, well, hopefully no one saw that, and then go fix it, and then put it back up, and usually it's fine. <coughs> it's a little bit different with yeah, I could see there being like a little mistake when drawing a Are You Afraid of the Dark villain and then you turning them into a different villain as a result. <laughs> That was actually. Yeah, that's a good way to, that was a good title to have. You did get a jar of ants knocked down your pants once in the tennis match episode. Yeah, yeah. Which supposedly were non-biting ants. <laughs> yeah. Well, you would know better than us if your ass didn't yeah. have any marks on yeah, it afterwards. I didn't really, I didn't really get, I didn't, uh, get hit, but uh, yeah, there was a, a like a, a you know a wildlife wrangler that was there going, "Don't worry about it. These are non-biting ants." 
Yeah, that would give a whole new meaning to the term got bit in the ass multiple times. Yeah, yeah no, no, no bites, no bites. It was all good. Yeah. We had one with a big giant dog. With a big giant what? Dogs. They were like toads, big, big, uh, like jumping toads. Oh, yeah, that was that was the Counselor Budnick episode, wasn't it? Yeah. Episode it was, but I remember we had like there were not very many episodes where we had like animal wranglers. Yeah, that was. And were, we had ants, we had toads, we had, and I think that's it. Yeah, I remember because um, Z, that was the episode ZZ had her pet toad named Wart Breath. Very funny. Here's a, here's a funny off story. Uh, somewhere uh, on one of those episodes where we had uh, animal wranglers. One of the Wranglers was also the Wrangler of Bubbles the Chimp, Michael Jackson's Bubbles. <laughs> and so, and so, for a couple of days, that, that they were obviously not there for uh, monkeys, but they brought Bubbles to the set. So somewhere in my uh, like collection, I have a, pen, a picture of me and Bubbles. Because they couldn't do anything with him, so he might as well come to set. So I have a picture of me and Michael Jackson's bubbles. <laughs> um, nice. the, the half hour is about to end, so I'm just going to hit stop recording real quick, and I'm going to save and then click record.